Samadhi Rush, a Sunrose Yoga production. Reveal and remember your sacred nature through the practice of yoga. The mission of this podcast is to share the teachings of yoga in an accessible way and to hold space for meaningful discussion. To learn more, please visit sunroseyoga.com. The podcast is made possible by the generous donations of students. If you practice with us here, please consider making a one-time or recurring donation at sunroseyoga.com. Thank you. Hi everybody, welcome back. This is episode 131 of Samadhi Rush. I'm Kelly, and it is so good to be here with you. I'm just back from a really wonderful trip to California last week, and I am super excited to share the videos that I made while I was there for Yoga Anytime. And um, so keep your eye on the website for that. This class is an open level Hatha yoga class where we focus on this wonder-filled, potent time of the waning moon. And being with this less obvious, shadowy, mysterious, smoky part of ourselves requires... Um, this capacity to appreciate the subtle, the rebellious. It was so much fun to teach this class, and I hope you can feel that um, as you practice right now at home or wherever you are. Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate you wherever, whenever you are. If you're listening to this in February of 2015... Uh, I'd like to announce that I'm offering a midwinter at-home retreat. It starts in two weeks. I have a lot of awesome collaborators this time. It's totally free. Just hop on over to sunroseyoga.com to register. It's the kind of at-home retreat where you receive everything and you can revisit it over and over again whenever you like so fun creating this and I'm glad and grateful to share it with you so thank you all so much love and so we're in this we're moving into this this dark moon time which some of you know is my favorite time the waning moon and um, and the reason for that is because the, the dark moon represents to me like all potential. The full moon is what it is, and it's gorgeous and it's beautiful, and it's a fully realized orb of beauty. But the new moon is, is shrouded in mystery and potential and rebellion 
And so today, like as we are moving our bodies, if we can bring ourselves into that space of you know, a- allowing for the unknown, inviting the unknown, <coughs> we'll practice some shapes that you've probably done before. Maybe every single time that you've ever practiced yoga, you've done them. And the work is to show up to the potential and to the mystery in those places. Because that is our lives. Like, I have, can't even tell you how many times I've drunk hot water out of this mug in particular. And oh, but I am grateful for that drink. So that's the work. Let's begin with a mysterious, smoky, rebellious ohm. So find a shape, whether it's sitting or lying down, where you feel as though you have access to your lungs and you feel as though you can breathe freely. And we'll let this sound be simply an extension of the breath. Letting it be just what it is. And before we begin, we'll take a full cycle of breath. So deep breath in. And let it all go. And a breath in. And so in time, we'll make our way to all fours, hands and knees. And maybe you've done it before. Probably you have. Can it be new? Can you be with the potential? And like really take your time to find your way into that space. Like find stability. Find I would call this the less obvious part of the back. And so how we'll be here is we'll keep the, the, the pelvis and the low back stable you know, to about the belly button. And we'll move the upper back. So as you breathe in, allow the heart to sag between the shoulders, maybe looking forward and up. And as you breathe out, press the palms of the hands into the floor and press the back of the heart up. Maybe the crown of the head becomes heavy. And we'll do that at the pace of your own breath for a handful of breaths. 
you might find it useful here to engage the elbows. They can be really useful when we're kind of you know, needling in the upper back. Needling in the upper back. And you might find that, that the low back really wants to take over. Like your tailbone and your sacrum want to be involved here. And that's, that's normal. But if you can sort of invite yourself to come into this, this upper register of the spine, this you know, darker part of the moon, we'll learn something. And so from here, over the course of the next couple of breaths, we'll involve the length, the entire length of the spine as we breathe in and arch the back, looking up, tailbone pointing up. And as you breathe out, rounding the back, tailbone pointing down, crown of the head pointing down. And notice the difference. Notice like what part of your body wants to initiate the movement. Um, notice where things feel easier, where they feel more challenging. Like the gateway to yoga is to just start paying attention to what's already happening. And the next time that you're exhaling and rounding the back, we'll stay in this shape for a couple of breaths. And you might shift your weight back a little bit and forward a little bit. And from here, We'll invite the left ear to move toward the left shoulder as your right ear starts to sort of gaze toward the top of your mat or beyond the top of the mat. And then we'll let the forehead become heavy and the neck sort of dangle, the head sort of dangle before with a breath out, we start to invite the right ear toward the right shoulder while the left ear looks beyond the top of the mat. And then again here, we'll bring the head back to the center and just relax all of the effort in the spine. You might come back to neutral. You might round and arch the back a couple of times. And we'll shift our weight back and if you're Blocks are, like mine, somewhere out of reach. Let's organize them so that they're near the top of the mat. And we'll take one of them so that it's sort of near the top of the mat. And we'll lower the hips toward the heels and the forehead toward the floor. And we'll place both hands on the long side of the mat, just sort of palms to the surface of the mat, or of the block, sorry. And from here, just let your, your sitting bones, your tailbone become heavy. Let the shoulders soften. You might shift your weight a little bit from side to side. And you invite a softening into the back of the heart. Now just by pressing the, the palms into the block, Let's start to hinge at the elbows and lift the block away from the floor. Lift the block in the general direction of the upper back. 
And once you are there, like once you've sort of uh, reached the the limit to the to the easy range of motion there we'll pause and you might invite your elbows to sort of inch toward the top of the mat as your armpits settle toward the floor <coughs> and so we'll do this little experiment here We'll experiment with the, the amount of pressure that each of the fingers presses into the block. So you might press the thumb the hardest into the block and notice where you feel that in your body. You might press the index finger more solidly into the block and notice where you feel that in the body. <coughs> going down the line with the fingers, like pressing the middle finger, the ring finger, the pinky. And can, where do you feel that? And slowly in time, we'll release that block back down to the floor by unhinging at the elbows. We'll let go of the block and walk the fingers to the top of the mat, toward the top of the mat. <coughs> Lift the gaze just a little bit, and with a breath in, we'll pull the body back toward table. And with a breath out, we'll tuck the toes under as we move the hips toward the heels before lifting the knees away from the floor, sort of unfurling into a downward facing dog, Adho Mukha Svanasana. And feel free always in this shape and in any shape to like really experiment, <laughs> bend things, straighten things, shift things, move the body around. <coughs> the yoga starts to happen when we experiment with and begin to listen to the wisdom of our own form. Might begin to invite the tops of the shoulders to move away from the ears. Yeah. And what if you bring your awareness to the bottom of the shoulder blades and you invite those to move toward your booty, the technical booty. Beautiful. Now from here, let a breath in be an invitation to step the right foot forward between the hands. And you might bend the knees on the way. You might help that right foot forward if it requires help. And this is a place where I always love to use my blocks because then I have lots of space for my spine and I'm not like hunching or torquing, trying to get somewhere. And we'll do just a little bit of warming up through the hips with the pace of the breath. So as you breathe in, feel almost as though someone were lifting you by your waistband, by the back of your pants. Uh, straightening the right leg, letting the spine round and the head become heavy. And as you breathe out, just let them set you back down into the lunge, shifting the gaze forward and up. And we'll do that at the pace 
of your own breath. Just like suddenly we're lifting you up and then sending you back down. And you might begin to make some interesting observations like which part of your body <coughs> tries to do it all? Which part of your body tries to just, you know, sort of go along for the ride? And I don't mean that it should be a struggle everywhere. I just mean to invite the less obvious parts, like your eyelashes, along for the ride. And so the next time or two that you're exhaling into the lunge, we'll pause there. And we'll spend a moment just appreciating the length of your left leg. You might appreciate the back of that leg from the heel all the way up to the top of the pants. Pants are not part of your body, but it's a useful landmark. <laughs> and appreciating the length of the front of the left leg from your toenails across the top of the hip all the way to, you know, to that lower belly. There's so much space happening. And we'll bend the left knee a little bit and engage at the left glutes. Yeah, bring the hands to the top of the right thigh and we'll let things sort of settle. So we're appreciating the length, but we're creating stability. Tailbone is heavy. Belly moves a millimeter closer to the spine. And if it feels stable, as you breathe in, sweep the arms, hands, and fingers toward the sky. And as you breathe out, just let softness move into the hands and shoulders and face. Ease. And with a breath in, we'll reach the hands forward and down toward the earth. And as you breathe out, step back to downward facing dog, Adho Mukha Take your time, move like you. If down dog proper is not the medicine, <coughs> in fact it's something like puppy, where the knees and the elbows, forearms are on the floor, or practice dolphin, where the forearms are on the floor. Start to listen to what the body needs, what the body's asking for. And I will tell you something, like, for most of us, laziness is not the problem. For most of us, we could do less. You know? And that is where we'll find, like, this potent wisdom in the body is by doing, you know, incrementally less and less. With a breath in, as it comes to you, either from down dog or from table, we'll step the left foot forward. Take your time. Meander. And I think it's really useful, this exercise of appreciating, you know, like the distance from your right heel to your right sitting bone. 
Because I don't know about you, but I spend a lot of time, you know, when I'm working with my body saying, oh, Jesus, I am so tight. How the heck did I get so tight? And if we sort of start training our minds to notice the space that's already there, we stop replaying those unhelpful stories like, I'm so tight. <coughs> so noticing the back of the leg and the length of the top of the leg, toenails all the way across the knee. Right, so now at the pace of your own breath, we'll warm up your hips a bit. So as you breathe in, imagine that you're being lifted up by your the back of your pants or by your sacrum if you prefer an anatomical dampener. And as you breathe out, you would set back down, easing back into the lunge. And something that we found is that if we let each of the parts have its own experience, like a beautiful thing begins to happen in the body, integration, absorption. Lock at the top of the mat. For a minute, so we're going to use this walk into this strange place. So with a breath in, come to table, and we'll place one of the blocks right below your belly on the floor. And it probably will need to be moved around in time. So don't worry about this being like as choreographed as a Christmas performance of the Rockettes. That is, okay, this will be a good visual for what we're doing next. So we're going to slowly make our way toward plank. And you can either do that from here, from table, or from downward facing dog. From here, you might extend one leg at a time, pressing the ball of the foot into the floor, pressing out through the heel. Ball of the foot into the floor, out through the heel and get, shifting the gaze slightly forward. 
Now for some extra support for the low back, you might lower one or both knees to the earth, but they'll be behind where they were in the table. Nice. <coughs> Claw the fingertips into the floor. Beautiful, nice. So if you're unsure about planking, a lifted booty is better for the back than a sagging sacrum, if that makes any sense. Beautiful, everyone looks gorgeous. So we're gonna get a little rocketty here. As you breathe in, draw the right knee up toward the chest. You can still do this with the left knee on the floor. And we'll extend that right leg out toward the left. So it crosses the body. Bring the pinky toe side of that right foot to the floor. And we'll set the right hip down on the block. Yeah. So there's no righter way to do this than how you're doing it. Beautiful. We'll start to appreciate these sort of intersecting lines in the body. So maybe begin by understanding your left leg, the left lung, the left ribs. And then we'll breathe a little bit of buoyancy into the right lungs. Yeah, gorgeous. Spines, everybody. Now, if this is feeling okay, some of you might want to experiment with moving the block out of the way and lowering your outer hip onto the floor. It's not necessary, but it could be an interesting experiment. Oh, yeah. I do things like that a lot. <laughs> so some of you might like to start walking the arms forward, lowering the heart down toward the floor. So that shift space, where do you feel them now? Go to the places where you're hardening or you're really working and invite softness. Like I just noticed that I was gripping between my toes on the right foot. Soft, easy. And with a breath in, we'll start to slowly move the body out of this shape, pressing the hands into the floor, pressing that ball of the left foot into the floor as you lift the hips extend the right leg back, you might spend a moment in plank before shifting to down dog or something like it. You can also always, between poses, come to something that looks a lot like Shavasana, either on the belly or the back. I will never tell you not to do that. In fact, Notice the difference between the right side of your body and the left side of the body. And in time, we'll prepare for side two. So if your block has migrated in a way that is totally 
natural, considering everything that we've done here, you might come to table per first and place the block right beneath the belly before slowly extending one leg at a time into plank, letting the gaze shift forward. You might bend at the elbows a little bit so that you're not hanging out there. With a breath in, we'll draw the left knee toward the chest. Extend that left leg out toward the right and come to rest the, the left hip onto the block. Continuing to extend that right leg straight back. Beautiful. Noticing what's happening in the body, where we're engaged, where we're at ease, and inviting the two to meet in every part. And again, if it makes sense to lower the hip all the way down to the floor, then do that. And if it makes sense to start to walk the hands forward and lower the heart toward the floor, then do that. And we're just paying attention to sensation. to this information that our body is offering us. In the less obvious places, the space between the brows, slowly start to climb out of the shape. And pressing the hands into the floor, tucking the right toes under, and we'll press back to down dog or something like <coughs> Maybe let a little wiggle happen. And so now we're going to get sort of really out there or really in there with a sort of half frog shape. And so we'll approach also from plank. So you might sort of shift from downward dog. Let your heels be almost bungee corded to the floor as you shift your shoulders forward. So your booty might be higher than you think it should be, and that's okay. As you breathe in, we'll start to lift the right foot away from the floor and invite the right knee toward the right shoulder as we then set down on the inner right knee, outer left hip. So this is a sort of half frog. Your left leg is straight, your right Hip is in external rotation. Good. And so for some of us, it might make sense to stack the palms and rest the chin on the back of your hands. Invite some softness into that, let's call it the, the inner 
right hip pocket. And for some of us, it might say, make sense to sort of to sort of climb into sphinx with the arm. So coming to the elbows. And once you're there, you might start to invite the tailbone to point down toward the floor, almost as though you were doing a cat pose with the low back, as you invite the heart to bloom. Yeah, gorgeous. And so within all of that, like there's a lot of, you know, technical alignment stuff happening. Can we allow for softness? For ease. Now, if you really want to get weird with this, which you might, being here on an early Tuesday morning, you could bend your left knee and take your right hand and reach back and catch the top of that foot. Or you could just bend the knee and reach that right hand back to wherever it might go. Yeah. Check for the level of sort of balance of effort and ease. Like we want that to be 50-50 in most of our parts most of the time. If you have a hold of that, that left leg, release it. If you're up on the elbows, lower down. And before we move back to down dog, let's, let's bring the right leg back to neutral so that you're just on the belly. And for a couple of breaths, you might press the pelvis into the floor and release. And you might bend at the knees and sort of windshield wiper the feet and lower legs from side to side. And bringing the legs back to the floor. So we have some choices, options here. You can either approach that half frog sphinx bow from the ground where we are by externally rotating at the hip and sliding the left knee out. Or if you thought it was fun to approach from plank, start from there. Maybe start with the chin resting on the back of the hands and let the tailbone become heavy and the sacrum become watery. Before then, perhaps coming up to the elbows, <coughs> creating some stability there for the lumbar spine by you know, tucking inviting the tailbone to look toward the floor. So that requires your right glutes to engage. Inviting the belly button to move toward the spine and the heart to bloom.
to bend the right knee and reach back with the left leg. <laughs> left hand. Who's in charge? And being present to both of the lungs. Being present to you know, the distance from the hip to the collarbone on both sides. And with an exhalation, releasing our grasp on that leg, slowly coming back down to the floor, neutralizing the left hip. And with the belly to the earth, as you breathe in, pressing the pelvis into the floor and releasing. letting that happen a couple of times, noticing where you feel a sense of relief. So from here, we'll roll over onto the right side. So you might extend your right arm to the middle of the room and roll onto the right side of the body. Placing the left hand in front of the chest for balance. And also another thing we can do for balance here is to bend the knees a little bit. So there's this sort of zigzag of the body. And from here, We'll start to lift the left leg away from the right. Let an external rotation happen in the hip and start to extend that left leg toward the sky. So this is the action here. Let your body have time and space to sort of figure out what's required, what you need to engage to make this happen. And then from there, can you allow for ease, like ease in the face, ease in the shoulder, ease around the hip. And we'll start to flex the left foot. So we'll pull the toenails toward the torso. And then we'll keep most of that action happening and we'll start to point the ball of the foot, keeping the toes flexing. So you, what you end up with sort of looks like an old fashioned Barbie, you know, in the permanent stiletto. I don't know, they might still be like that, but I have not done any research on it. <laughs> we don't thankfully have them at my house yet. Now from here, we'll start to slowly lower that leg down. Noticing like all of the engagements that happen on the way out. 
them might be like, oh, yikes. And once you're out, come onto the back. Can I tell you guys, it's not a secret, but can I tell you something that when in my home practice, I do Shavasana between each pose. Take a moment and notice what you feel in your body. Right side, left side. Northern hemisphere, southern hemisphere. And from here, we'll roll in time onto the left side. You might reach that left arm up overhead and let your ear rest on the upper arm. Again, bending the knees is useful to maintain your balance. And bringing the right hand right in front of the chest is also, also useful. And with the breath in, we'll start to lift the right leg away from the left leg. You might let a little external rotation happen in the hip as you extend the leg toward the sky. Once you're there, like, give yourself that space to notice everything that's required, or the, whatever occurs to you that's required to hold this shape. We'll start to flex the right foot. And then we'll start to point the ball of the foot while continuing to flex the toes. And as you did even that last little action, you might have felt something new down in the outer hip. slowly start to lower the right leg down. And it's, it's, I'd like to acknowledge that it's real work to come out of something with the same kind of sensitivity that you moved into it. Because like the temptation is to be like, oh, we did it, okay, it's over, on to the next thing. And once you're down, just pause. And we'll again roll onto the back. And this time if you can make sure that you have your block handy and your strap handy before you come onto your back and spend a moment just you know, sort of like absorbing what has just happened.
And so from here, let's plant the heels. So first we'll extend the body fully. So we're lying on the floor, legs are straight. Press your heels into the floor. And as you breathe in, point your toes toward the bottom of your mat. And as you breathe out with heels pressing into the floor, flex the feet. And we'll do that a couple of times, pointing as you breathe in and flexing as you breathe out. And notice how there's, you know, this can be a full body movement. From the toes to the back of the skull. And now we'll let these movements become quieter, like just closer and closer to the center. So from the outside, it might start to appear as though nothing is happening. And when you arrive in that space where you just don't know, like, am I moving, am I not moving? We'll start to pull the heels toward the backside. So bending the knees, drawing the heels toward your backside, toward a shape of constructive rest. And we'll press the feet into the floor and as you breathe out, press the small of the back, the lumbar curve into the floor. And we'll just pause in that shape for a moment. And as you breathe in, press the feet into the floor. And using the strength of the legs, we'll start to lift the sacrum, the low back, the booty away from the floor and taking the block in its lowest position, we'll slide it underneath the sacrum. So supporting the lowest part of your back. Turning the palms of the hands to face the sky. Can you let your body yield to the support that it's already receiving? Can you start to notice the distance from the top of the knees, like the center of the kneecap, to the top of the hip, so like to the points of the hip? And can you then notice the distance from the points of the hips to the collarbone? When you combine those things, can you notice the distance from the center of the kneecaps to the collarbones?
And so from here, we'll start to scooch the feet closer to each other. And you might even scooch your knees closer to each other as well. And as you do that, notice what you feel in your low back. Now for some of us, this will create a little pinchiness. And so we might start to separate either the knees, bringing the soles of the feet together, or separate the feet, sort of tenting the knees against each other. And these are obviously opposite actions in the hip, but they're just a range of options for where we could be for the next two or three breaths, either with the soles of the feet together, hips in external rotation, or with the knees together and feet separated, hips in slight internal rotation. And so from here, if your knees are separated, we'll draw them back together. And we'll come back to sort of home um, or neutral where the heels are about as wide as the sitting bones and the knees are tracking over the heels. We'll press the feet into the floor and use the strength of the legs to lift the low back away from the block move the block out of the way and roll the spine all the way down. And then you might just notice like what you're feeling. Using your depth of strength in the core, invite the knees to move toward the chest. And we'll sort of wrap our arms around the legs really casually. Like you might hold one wrist with the other or you might clasp your hands or something else that is just really casual. There's nowhere we need to get to. And as you take a breath in, make that casual hug a little more intentional. So you're hugging your knees close to you. And as you breathe out, lift your head away from the floor and lengthen from the top of the neck to the back of the skull. And with your next breath in, set the head back down on the floor. And as you breathe out, relax the hug. So again, that's like just really casual. <coughs> and let's do that one more time. So as you breathe in, a more intentional hug. As you breathe out, peel the skull from the floor. As you breathe in, set the skull back down. And as you breathe out, relax the hug. You might even sway from side to side here. 
And so staying in this reclining shape, we're going to extend the legs toward the sky. And so we've got a couple of options. One option is if your hamstrings are already pretty forgiving or open, you might be able to hold the big toes and extend the legs toward the sky. For most of us though, like that requires a strain in the shoulders that might not be useful. And so for us, you might place one block between the thighs, lasso your strap around the soles of the feet and holding uh, one side, one tail of the strap with each hand, start to extend the legs toward the sky. Let the shoulders be easy so they could slide pretty far down the strap. Let the sacrum be heavy. And while we're here, something kind of interesting that you might do is to start to appreciate the distance from the heels to the back of the knees. And to start to appreciate the distance from the backs of the knees to the sitting bones. And soon you're, you're appreciating this length of the entire back of the legs as you let your sacrum your hips settle into the earth. Nice, everybody. Just beautiful. Exhalation, let's start to release this. And you might relax the grasp on the strap. You might start to bend the knees, letting the heels move toward the backside and then toward the floor. And we'll start this process of moving toward a place of rest. So for some of you, it might feel good to hug the knees to the chest and sway from side to side. Maybe to let a very casual reclining twist happen. If we listen, usually the body gives us clues about what's required or what would feel good. And in time, there's never any rush, we'll start to make our way toward a shape of rest or a shape of integration. And this can be lying on the back or lying on the side, lying on the belly, or with legs up the wall. 
or some other shape that we haven't even dreamed of yet, which you should then name something awesome, like sleeping sloth or something like that. I'm gonna let everything settle. into the bones, into the earth, As we rest, you might come back to our, our talk about you know, this darkening moon, this place of mystery and potential, smoke. Sometimes it's useful to, with the breath in, come to a, a word or an image like dark moon, mystery, potential, dung, or dumabati. And as you breathe out, to feel the essence of that in the body.
Begin to invite your awareness to your hands. Noticing the aliveness, the sense of life in the hands. As you take a breath in, just silently repeat the word mystery. And as you breathe out, start to let this aliveness in the hands form itself around the essence of mystery. And you might do that a couple of times, breathing in mystery. as you breathe out, letting mystery form a shape in the hands. Once the hands, the hands have found this shape, let there be this sort of integration or this conversation between the essence and the shape and the aliveness of your body. it's useful, you might draw the hands to a place where if you were to slowly open the eyes and look at them, you can appreciate the shape that they've taken. And from here, begin to slowly deepen the Let the movement of the body with breath start to spread across the entire body. Through the soles of the feet to the scalp and the fingers. You might stretch the body just as long as possible. And then hug everything back into the wall. 
and in your own time, we'll start to move toward a seat. There's never any rush, but if you found your seat, if your hands could make their way back to the mystery mudra, bring them to that. Almost as our, our closing prayer, I have a few lines of a poem that inspired our class today. And this is from I'm Working on the World by Wislawa Zabrowski. When it comes, you'll be dreaming that you don't need to breathe. That breathless silence is the music of the dark, and it's part of the rhythm to vanish like a spark. Thank you all so much for sharing this space. I wish you mystery on your path until we meet again in the always. Namaste.